What is love? What is love? Love is patient, enduring. It's work, not a feeling. Selfless, a force. It's enough. Powerful, a smile. It's change. Love is an open door. Relationship, choice, powerful. Love is. But what does love look like? Christ taught us that the world will know we are His disciples by our love. This love for God, the love we experienced firsthand in His resurrection, must translate into love for our neighbors and community. After all, as the body of Christ, it's our duty to carry on His mission. Over the next five weeks, we'll explore what love is, the call to love, action, attitude, local, and life. Love is. My lighthouse, my lighthouse, shining in the darkness, I will follow you, oh, my lighthouse, my lighthouse. All right, well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to The Well. What we like to say is that we are an ordinary place where hopefully extraordinary things happen. And that's because people hopefully come here. I know we have been here for a couple weeks, but people come here together and we, we are around the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we come and we meet God together, then special things can happen. And special things are going to happen in this series. We are starting a new series, perfect post-Easter series today, and it is called Love Is. And I am super duper excited about this series, but not for the reason that I usually say I'm excited about a series. Usually I tell you I'm excited because of what God is going to do amongst us and what God is going to teach us. And I'm usually telling you I'm excited because something that I've learned and I want to share. But actually, this series, I'm telling you the exact opposite. I'm telling you that what I'm about to speak about here over the next five weeks, I am actually not an expert at. And it is actually my area of not expertise. And the reason that I am excited, well, hopefully that still makes you excited to come listen to me, is because I believe that there is no more important area in life than the subject we're going to talk about here. And our goal is together, me and you together, we are going to take a journey together to grow in this ever so important topic about what love is. Because what we are going to see here today and over the course of the next four or five weeks that there is no more important topic. Like if we got rid of everything else that we knew, but we understood this love thing, then when all is said and done, we'd be in a good shape. First things first. If I tell you we're going to do a five-week series about love, majority of people would say, I'm okay with that subject. Like if I did a survey, who needs, who is a not loving person here? Everyone who is not loving, go ahead and raise your hand. Or go ahead and point to the other person who you think is not loving. <laughs> no one would say they're not loving. Everyone would say that I am loving, but I express my love in a certain, like no one would ever claim to be an unloving person. But what I realized last week during Holy Week, or two weeks ago during Holy Week, or whatever it was, is that me, at least I speak for myself, is that we don't have me, I don't have any idea. We don't have any idea what real love is. And our goal in this series is not to grade ourselves as loving or not loving. Our goal in this series is to stand in front of God, who is defined as God is love, and ask him to evaluate where I stand as far as this loving thing. You see, one of the verses that we read last week, for those who were here in the Holy Week services, is this verse from John chapter 13, which Jesus said 24 hours before he was killed on a cross. Jesus said this. He said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. 
that you also ought to love one another. You see, what Jesus did with this one verse, one verse changed all the rules. Like before this verse, you could say that you're loving and I could say I'm loving. You could have said it and I could have said it. Because before this, let's go through the progression. First thing that we were told is love is an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. So what we learn is that as long as I don't do you worse than you did me, then I'm loving and I'm fair. And this is how a lot of people live their lives. Eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You did this to me, so I did a little bit not so bad to you. Okay, you did this bad to me, I did this bad to you, therefore I'm a loving person. Eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. Jesus came in the New Testament, he said, well, actually, no more eye for an eye. I tell you, love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, hey, wait a minute. Love my neighbor as myself. I don't love nobody like I love myself. And Jesus said, you should love one another, esteem one another, care about one another, serve one another as if it's yourself. And we said, wow, that's a really high bar. Jesus said, no, I ain't even done yet. Not love your neighbor, love your enemy. Now the guy who you said he did this to me, so I'm going to do this to him. I want you to love him and then continue to love him even if he doesn't say sorry, even if he doesn't fix even if he doesn't apologize, even if he doesn't repent, love your enemy. And we said that one, love your enemy. That's it. Case closed. Close the book on love. We can never accomplish that. It can never be anything like love your enemy. And then Jesus said this. He rewrote the rules. When he said, don't love eye for an eye. Don't love your neighbor. Don't love your enemy. But love how? Love how? What's the measure of love? As I have loved you. God, how did you love me? He said, I loved you unconditionally. He said, I loved you when you didn't even know what my love was, but you didn't even care about my love. Love of Jesus is the kind of love that washes the feet of the one who betrays him. That's love of Jesus. That's love as I have loved you. Love of Jesus is the kind that's on a cross in front of all those horrible people who crucified him and said, Father, forgive them. He could have just said, Father, forgive them. For they're the worst people in the world, but forgive them anyway. They're, they hate them, but forgive them. But he said, what? Forgive them? For they know not what they do. That's the measure. See what I'm saying? We don't understand nothing about love. We thought love was love my neighbor. We thought love was love my enemy. We don't know nothing about love. Love is as I have loved you. And those are big words. You see, what I said on Easter night for those who are here, is I said that Holy Week taught me two things. Two things, both about love. I learned the meaning of love and I learned the power of love. I learned the meaning of love is as he has loved me and that's the goal of this series is to understand what that love looks like. We're going to take, we're going to look at that for over the next four weeks. Today plus four more weeks. And then I learned the power of love. And I learned, as I said on Easter night, that there is nothing in this universe that love is not stronger than. Find me anything in this universe and I will put love in front of it and love will crush it. I'm telling you, I'm not trying to say this to make light and I don't mean this in a disrespectful, insensitive way. I mean this in an honest way. What ails you inside? Love of God is the answer. You have unforgiveness, you have bitterness, you have resentment. Love of God is the answer. You have loneliness, low self-esteem, you feeling unsatisfied. Love of God is the answer. You're insecure, you're depressed, you're whatever it is. Love of God is the answer. 
And what we are going to see over the next five weeks is how that love of God really does, when we understand it and we practice it, really does solve everything. Because if that love can defeat the devil and death himself, you find me one enemy who can stand in front of love of God and claim to be victorious. St. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8, he said, this is a very simple verse. If you struggle with anything in life, you remember this verse. You say, love never fails. Love never fails. You find me any obstacle, you find me any enemy, anything stand in your way, and you put love in front of it, and love wins every single time. But the key for us is understanding love. And defining love as God defines it. Because if you define love the wrong way and then say love never fails, like I always say that word love, what does love mean? Think about the things that we say we love. We love sunny days. We love hot dogs. We love donut heaven, especially after today. We love our sporting teams. We love our new shoes. We love the haircut. And then somewhere after saying we love uh, hot dogs and donuts and shoes and sunny days, and I love my wife and I love my God. And somehow, word love to describe all those things. But is that the kind of love that never fails? Like, it says here, love never fails. My love for pizza, is that the love that never fails? Is that what it is? Because for many of us, that love of pizza has failed us. It's gotten us into problems. We need to understand, what does it truly mean to love? Because if we understood it, if I tell you love is the most powerful thing and you say, no, it's not. I tried it many, many times. Then I say, you don't understand love. We need a definition for love. Would y'all agree? We need to come up with a definition for love. I can only think of one place that I could find a true, deep meaning and definition of what love really is. And that is this. Cheesy, 80s love songs. <laughs> if we are going to understand what love is, then the best and most appropriate way is we go to the root. In the 1980s, greatest decade ever, we learned what true love is and we learned it through music. So what we are going to do right now is a top five. <laughs> a top five. Okay, and I know, I know right now, I am dating myself and I said, you know what, I should do 90s because a lot of people here are young. But you know what I say to you 90s children? Your decade stinks compared to our decade, okay? <laughs> our decade had real music, we had real cartoons, we had real shows, we had real life was in the 80s. Our TV shows were much better. And I'm gonna stick it to you guys right now. We're gonna go name that tune. I'm gonna go five, top five love songs. Now some of you say, hey, wait a minute. If you've been following me for a long time, you say, hey, Father Anthony did this probably four or five years ago. He did a top five songs from the 80s as well. Well, just to show you how much I, this is my weakness is 80s love songs. <laughs> this is new and improved list, okay? No repeats on that list. So you say, well, I've been this list before. No, this is a new list because there's that much good stuff in the 1980s. Y'all ready? If you get it, you shout out the answer. We'll go five, all the way up. First one is a, is a, first one's a gimme, okay? Just to make it easy, warm you up. But what we need to seriously ask ourselves now, is there another source where we can find a definition for love other than Whitney and Top Gun and Stevie and all the rest of our friends from the 1980s? Because if you listen to any one of those songs, why is there a topic? Why is there every song is about no other topic other than love? Because everyone is trying to find the definition of what love means. 
And if you listen to all those songs, you will understand that love is an emotion. Love is something that take my breath away. And if I have breath, then there's no love because love takes my breath away on a motorcycle going very fast down the desert road. Is that truly love that God tells us can never fail? That emotional, romantic love? Or is there a better definition of love right now? We're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, a chapter that's all about love. We're going to see what St. Paul defines as love. He says this. He says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Before we see what love is, the setup is how important love is. And if you look at these three verses, St. Paul says some very, very bold statements. And specifically, we're gonna run through these real quick here. He says that without love, number one, nothing I say matters. Nothing I say matters. That's why he said, if I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And you know this and I know this, that someone can say nice words and tell you all the things that you want to hear, but if there's no love behind it, you feel it, you see straight through it. Love, I'm sorry, words without love, not only is not love, but it's painful. What does St. Paul says? He said it's like a clanging cymbal. Y'all know what a clanging cymbal is? Sometimes we'd be up here, during the liturgy, sorry to my deacon friends, okay? But sometimes you see a deacon pick it up and he's not on beat and you see the priest start to twitch a little bit, okay? It's painful. It's painful. Just for your sake and our sake, just stop it. Better nothing than the painful sound. Better silence than words without love because if there's no love, nothing I say will matter. Without love, nothing I know matters either. St. Paul said, if I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, it profits me nothing. What St. Paul is saying right there, you're a genius. You know everything about theology. You have the Bible memorized in English and French and German and backwards and forwards and upside down on your head. You can recite all the Bible. All the people come in and say, I don't understand this. You say, I understand everything. And you could teach all that stuff. That's great. Bravo. If there's no love, you're worthless. Our society today puts very high emphasis on knowledge. God puts very high emphasis on love. And the reason why knowledge is not the solution to all the problems in the world is because there's never been an era which has more knowledge than today and every one of the problems that's existed for us since the beginning of time still exists today. Because knowledge doesn't solve problems, love solves problems. The world doesn't need more knowledge, the world needs more love. Number three, without love, Nothing I believe will matter. Now that one sounds almost counter to Christianity because isn't Christianity all belief? And some, there's myth out there that Christianity is like a faith and a doctrine that you believe and you believe that Christ is the son of God and that you believe that he is divine and therefore that makes you a good Christian. Well, I got news to you. What St. Paul is saying right here, what he said, look right here. He says, if I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. I beg your pardon? How much faith does that person have? That person can take that mountain from over there and move them over there. Say to the Rockies, you jump over here on the East Coast and to the East Coast mountains, you jump over there to Canada, whatever. 
but they don't have love, no value in God's eyes. Christianity is not what you believe. You know who believes that Jesus is the son of God? The devil and the demons. So if you say, I believe and I have the strongest faith, but have not love, you'd be in his category. More power to you. Number four, without love, nothing I give matters. And that's why St. Paul said here, he said, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. That's a very noble act. If somebody today sells everything they have to give to the poor, but there's no love, profits me nothing. They say, wait a minute. How could someone give that much without love? Is it possible to give without loving? Oh yeah, it's very possible. We do it all the time. We give out of guilt, not because of love. We give out of guilt. We give out of like trying to bargain with God or persuade God. Here's the dollar, God, promotion. We do that all the time. We give for all the wrong reasons all the time. So yes, it is possible to give without loving. And he even says, if I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my what? My body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Without love, nothing I say, nothing I know, nothing I believe, nothing I give, and to wrap it all up, nothing I do in life matters without love. This life is going to end one day. And when you get to the end of this life, you're going to stand in front of God. And when you stand in front of God, he is going to make it very evident. It is going to be very evident to every one of us that life was about relationships, not about accomplishments. He's not going to ask you what was your GPA in high school. He's not going to ask you, did you get that promotion or not? Or not. He's not going to ask you what pay scale were you in the GSA pay scale. He's not going to ask you how many verses did you memorize. He's not going to ask you what time did you come to church. He's not going to ask you about any of those things. He's going to ask you, did you, as he summarized first when someone asked him one time, what's the most important commandment? He said, life is about relationships. Love the Lord your God and then love your neighbor. That's what life is about. And that's what we're going to be graded against. Did you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? And did you love your neighbor as yourself? And if you fall short in those areas, nothing else you accomplish in life matters outside of love. That's why it's important for us to spend these five weeks on love. It's an important topic. We need to define what love is. And that's what we're going to be doing over the next four weeks. What we're going to do right now is I'm going to go through quickly an outline of the series. And everyone, okay, so we're going to define what love is. Now I'm going to tell you right off the bat, like I'm going to run through it right now. We're going to spend each week, we're going to delve deeper into one, every one of these topics. I'm going to tell you right now, if you are expecting me to give you a definition, a formula of love, I cannot give it to you. Because love is not something that can be contained in a definition. Because if you want to know what the definition, how the Bible defines love, the Bible only one time says that love is something. And love is what? But in the inverse. Blank is love. It says God is love. So therefore, to define love means to define God. I cannot define God. And if I could define God, he wouldn't be God. If he could fit in my definition, he would cease to be infinite and immeasurable and eternal. 
I cannot define God. I cannot define love. But what I can do is I can look at characteristics of love. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to see four characteristics. And like I said, this is not a comprehensive list by any means. But these are just the areas of love that I feel God wants us to focus on here as a church family. First characteristic of love is, love is action. Love is action. Love is not words. Love is not feeling. Love is not emotion. Love is action. A guy one time told his wife, he said, you know I'd die for you. And she says, you always say it, but you never do it. <laughs> love is not words. Love is action. Love is not a feeling. To show you how the world has deceived us into thinking that love is not an action, that love is some kind of emotion. What's the expression we use when talking about love? We say that I fell into love. We talk about love as if it's a ditch. As if you're just walking down the street, you tripped and you fell, and all of a sudden, oh, I found myself, I'm in love now. Like, help, I've fallen in love and I can't get up. <laughs> We've made love into this thing, this imaginary thing in 80s love songs that exists only in this emotional sphere and if you're in it more power to you and if you're not it's not your fault you must have fallen out of love you fell into another ditch called out of love and then you spend more time with this person and you fell into this ditch called in love and you are completely not responsible for being in love or out of love because love is not really an action that's nonsense Jesus commanded us to love I cannot command you to an emotion everybody be sleepy now be hungry now. I can't convince you. I can't force you or command you to an emotion. But if I command you, that means it's an action. It's a choice. It's a decision you make whether to obey it or not obey it. The Bible says this in 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. I love you, God. Yeah. Put your money where your mouth is. I love my wife. Put your money where your mouth is. We've all heard the loving words so many times that we've even grown cynical towards them. That we don't believe love in word or in tongue. True love. Watch this one true love, you know what it is? You know what the emotion is? The emotion is not love. Like, loving someone, which is an action, may lead to emotions. But those emotions are not love. You know what those emotions are? They're like. They're like. And we confuse the two. And we think, because we like this person, therefore we love them. I'm telling you that true love loves when you don't like. Like loving someone that you like is easy. True love is not loving someone you like. When you're married on the honeymoon, you like each other. That's easy love. 
That's not real marriage love. Real marriage love, when you don't like each other very much. When the bills are piled high, when the kids are screaming, when everyone has lost a little bit up here and put on a little bit over here. That's true love. A decision to act in a loving manner, even when you don't like the other person. Love is action. Number two, love is attitude. Love is attitude. Why I say this. You say, okay, I'm going to go out and do this loving action and this loving action and this loving action. That ain't love. That's a step on the way to love. Love is much bigger than an action or an event or something I put on my schedule to love someone. Love is an attitude. And love is an attitude that walks around God's green earth and looks, watch this one, looks for opportunities to act in a loving manner. I promise you, we're going to talk about this in a few weeks. If you put in your mind, today, my number one mission today is to love someone. I guarantee you, you will discover hundreds of opportunities that present themselves on a day-to-day -day basis that you don't even recognize on a normal day. You don't even see them. Why? Because your focus is accomplishments. And you're focused on what can I accomplish today and what task do I need to get done today. And because you're not focused on relationships and you're not focused on love, opportunities are passing you by all the time. I always think of the story of the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan. When there was a man who was in trouble and then a priest. That's why this one hits me because it was a priest who walked right by and didn't offer this guy love. And you say, this priest, he's a jerk. And I tell you, the priest wasn't a jerk. He was a priest. Obviously, he couldn't be a jerk. <laughs> I tell you that this priest was just preoccupied this day with looking at life in terms of accomplishments, not relationships. He put in his mind, man, I got to get to the synagogue on time because there's a service starting and I can't be late or the people are going to complain because there's a skins game today and if I get them out late. This man was thinking, man, I got a sermon tomorrow and I got to preach. And I don't have time to think about nothing else. This man was busy in the work of God. And he was so busy that he missed an opportunity to do what really mattered, to be loving. Jesus was the exact opposite. Jesus said this, this should be our attitude. This is an attitude of love, Matthew 9, 36. But when he, Jesus, saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. I'm judging myself first and foremost right here that do we, when we see the multitudes, do we see them with compassion? Do we see them as sheep not having a shepherd? Forget about the multitudes. Your boss, the most evil man on the planet. You have compassion on him? Someone actually put this on Twitter. I love this. This is the best thing I ever put on Twitter. And I'm going to misquote it here, but I'm going to give you the essence. There isn't anybody you cannot love if you knew their story. There isn't anybody you cannot love if you knew their story. Jesus, me and you, we see the multitudes like the disciples. Ah, we're busy. It's late. Go get your own stinking food. Jesus says, they're sheep without a shepherd. Your boss, if you had the circumstances at home that your boss had, you'd be 10 times worse than him. Your neighbor, 
your cubicle next door guy who's just so annoying? If you knew what that guy, how he was raised, you'd have compassion on him because he's nothing more than a sheep without a shepherd. Love is attitude. And love is an attitude that today, today, I am looking. I am not just waiting. I am looking. Who needs love? That guy needs love. I'm going to give that guy love. Yes, I win. I got to, in the kingdom of heaven, I just added to my bank account with love. That guy needs love. That girl needs love. Who needs love? A random person in the street needs love. I'm going to give him love. That doesn't mean I'm going to give away all my money to the poor guy in the street. That doesn't mean I'm going to do everything my boss tells me to do. But that means this day, I'm going to get to the end of my, my day, put my head on my pillow and say, I showed love today. Love is an attitude. And I'll tell you from experience, as someone, maybe you've heard me share the story before. I won't say it right now. But I've lived the Good Samaritan story. That's why that story touches me. There was a time many, many years ago where I was the priest and somebody was in need and I didn't offer that person the need that they needed. And I'll never forget it because I missed an opportunity that day. So what I'll tell you is this. You do not let go of opportunities to love when it's in front of you. The guy who needs to talk today may not need to talk tomorrow. The person who just needs a hug today, tomorrow may be too late. You never pass by an opportunity to love because you never know when that opportunity is going to come by again. Love is attitude. Number three, love is local. Love is local. And what I mean by that is, love is not a mission trip. Love is not a service event that we do. Once a month, let's go show love to the homeless people. And then for the other 30 days, let's stay the heck away from them. Love is not, it is too easy to take a plane, go 2,000 miles away or 5,000 miles to over to Africa, spend two weeks and be the most loving individual on the planet and then come back and be a miserable person the rest of the year. Love begins here. Love begins now. And we're going to talk about when we get to this week is ways that we can be very local in our love, both in, inside as well as outside the community around us. Bible says this, 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. It says, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Now, what's unique about this passage? Many times we are commanded to love. But who are we commanded to love right here? Our brother. And I say this right there in front of my brother who's sitting there right there on the second row. Y'all would agree this. It is a lot easier to love anybody in the world, sorry Steve, <laughs> than your own brother. Because your own brother beats you in video games and rubs it in your face. Because your brother, as the first time that you start to beat him, hit the reset button. <laughs> sorry. It's all coming out. It's all coming out. <laughs> It's the songs that just put me back in the 80s, okay? <laughs> He's six, we're 16, and we can't beat the guy, okay, at anything that we do. It is a lot easier to show love to strangers than it is to show it to the closest people in your life. Is it not? I'll tell you why I take this one very personally. For me, a lot of people, people watching me on the camera right now, Father Anthony and Father Anthony and Father Anthony, and then I go on a trip to wherever, and it's like this, 
pseudo celebrity, just because you're on the internet. I want to say any idiot can get a video camera and be on the internet, okay? But because you're on the internet, you're some kind of celebrity. And I'm telling you, I'm very honest right now, that it is very, very, very easy to get consumed by what people who don't know you say about you. In both a positive and a negative way. And you know that there are many people who in front of the lights, the nicest guy in the world. Preach nice words, loving things, come in front of you for a, a day or a couple days and say, God bless you, my son. And yes, forgive me. And then go home to my wife and kids and be a terrorist at home. And that's why I always say, my goal is to be a celebrity in my house. I want the people in my house, I don't care what the people live in England, Australia, Germany, Netherlands, no offense. I don't care what they say about me. I care about the people who know me say about me. I don't care about somebody who listens to me for 10 minutes, says he's a nice guy. Anyone's a nice guy for 10 minutes. Like who cannot be a nice guy for 10 minutes? I want the people who are closest to me say, that's my celebrity. That's my hero. I want to be like that guy. Too many of us, the people who know us the least, I'm sorry, the know us the most, love us the least and would say that we are the least loving around them. And that needs to change. Love is local. Recap. Love number one, love is action. Number two, love is attitude. Number three, love is local. And number four, love is life. Love is life. Again, it's not an event. It's not a ministry you join. It's not something that you schedule six minutes a day to do. Love is life. And it is the goal of our lives. It is the goal of my life and the goal of your life. That when, when we get to the end, we say we accomplished love. First John chapter four, verse 12. No one has seen God at any time, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. What does that mean to you? No one has seen God at any times, but if we love one another, God abides in us. You know what that says? That says that love is a mystery. It's a mystery and nobody understands it. When we love one another, there's an incarnation taking place. God who cannot be seen is now present on this earth. God who cannot be contained and any body except that of our Lord Jesus Christ, no other body could contain God. God abides in us. When we love, when we love, we become a mystery. And that's why, the reason why I felt this series is the perfect post-Holy Week series. We talked last week about how God has given us victory and God has given us power. And last week was the greatest thing ever. And what I said on Easter night, how are we going to keep this going? You know how we're going to keep it going? By walking in love. Because when we walk in love, true love, godly love, not selfish, not conditional love, Jesus kind of love, love as I have loved you. When we walk in that love, we continue. What we gain in Holy Week, we continue. 
That's why what we're going to do for the next five weeks, I hope it's not just listening to something in church on Sundays, but it's something that we really take into our lives. Because I'm telling you that when all is said and done, there is no more important topic. And if you're saying to yourself, Father Anthony, this is great. What do I do? Because we're very much doers. I want to give you a head start. And I'm going to give you three easy, simple things. I'm just going to mention them real quick that you can do starting today or starting tomorrow that you can do is going to put you on the right path to becoming a person of love. Number one, first thing, start your day with a reminder of the importance of love. And that's as simple as when you wake up in the morning and you stand in front of God just for one minute, say, God, this day, nothing matters other than love. If you struggle to remember, write it down on a piece of paper. Take the verse that I showed you from John 13, 34, that a new commandment I give you, to love one another as I have loved you. Take 1 Corinthians 13, open it up on your desk so that when you get to work in the morning, first thing you read is 1 Corinthians 13. Or who has Bibles anymore? Open it up on your browser, okay? Wherever it is, start your day by saying, not accomplishments, but relationships. Love is what matters. Love is what this is all about. Number two, Memorize what God says about love. Take one verse. I gave you many verses on this handout. You open up the Bible, you find many, many more verses about love. If I wanted to, I could fill up four of these handouts with verses about love just from the New Testament alone. Find one that touches your heart and memorize it and recite it throughout your day and keep it in your pocket. Maybe you don't have a pocket here. Maybe you have a pocket here. Okay, put, put it somewhere around you. Put it and say it and say it over and over and over what God says about the importance of love and the meaning of love. Number three, practice one act of love. Just one. Just do one thing that is completely selfless, that is completely unselfish, and say, I just want to give love to this person. Buy someone lunch. Pick someone up who's down. Offer to talk to somebody who you know needs to talk. One act of love a day. You know what love is? Love is... You remember, love is like driving a car. Remember back to when we were 16 and, and we, we were driving? Okay, remember? And we were, remember 10 and 2? Okay, remember how you had to drive like this? Remember how focused you were on driving? And you, two hands on the wheel and, and not looking to the side or the left. And if someone sneezed, be quiet. <laughs> like I'm focusing on driving right now. And how do we drive now? We talk on the phone. We eat in a sandwich. We're steering with our knee. Okay, your elbow is switching the radio station. We do 15 different things while, love, uh, while driving. Why? Because it becomes second nature. The more we practice it, the less awkward. And like, who? No one drives like that anymore. Now we drive. You know what I mean? Love is the same way. At the beginning, you said, I can't show love to my boss. He's a jerk. And I say, you know what? The more you practice loving him, the more it becomes second nature. Yeah, at the beginning, it's a little awkward. It's a little difficult. It's not my personality. I'm not a warm, fuzzy guy. I don't talk to people. I don't hug people. I don't smile at people. But you can practice smiling. Just stick this up and stick this up. It works. <laughs> you can rehearse something nice to say. Go ask your wife. What's one thing nice I can, like ask. You can practice. You can get better at these things. And the more and more we practice love, the more it becomes second nature to us. And that's what we need by the end of our lives.
We need that as we walk down the street, that love oozes out of us. We, love, we need that when we shake someone's hand and we say, God bless you, sir. We need love to ooze out of that handshake. We need that when we sit and have coffee with someone and they tell us their whole life story. We may say the same words as we've always said, but you and I know that there can be those same words full of love, drenched in love. That's what we need. Last verse. 1 John three fourteen. Here's a good verse to memorize if you're looking for one. We know that we have passed from death to life. Holy week. What was Holy week? What was Easter? It was passing from death to life. How do you know? Because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Look, I don't know. I don't know, but I know. I guess. Many people told me they had a rough week this past week. Many people told me, Holy Week and Easter was that. And then back to life. Well, I'm telling you, it doesn't need to be back to life. You want to continue to walk from death to life? Then you walk in love. Love is the bridge that is going to carry us because all of Holy Week was about the love of God for man. That's all it was, was love. From day one to day, whatever it was, was love. And how are we going to keep it going as we are going to continue the trend of love. We continue to walk the path of love and that is going to be the bridge that is going to keep carrying us higher and higher until we finally get to the kingdom of heaven one day. We're going to walk in love. We're going to abide in love. And we're going to see that love, love is not a feeling, love is not a song, love is not an emotion. Love is action, love is attitude, love is local, love is life. And when we walk in these principles of love, then you will see that these next weeks when we celebrate the resurrection will truly be the best weeks ever that will never, ever yearn for anything back when we have this love of God in our lives. Let's stand together for a prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, we thank you for the love which you have like overwhelmed us with and poured out upon us, Lord, in ways that we can't even fathom or describe. We pray, Lord, that you would fill us in like a supernatural way, in a mysterious way. Fill us with your love. That we understand your love more and more every day. And we go deeper into it and then it oozes out of us in our conversations, in our interactions, in our dealings with strangers or loved ones or anyone in between, that your love would truly be manifest in us. Lord, fill our homes with your love. Fill our marriages with your love. Fill our friendships with your love. And most of all, fill our church, Lord, with your love. We ask this in the name of your Son, our King Jesus Christ, and with the prayers of all your saints. Hear us, Lord, as we pray thankfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you guys again for coming.